Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, and Ryan Pay all here with you this week. And, well, Blake Griffin, he's missed the last three games for Detroit. They're 1-2 in that stretch, including two consecutive losses, both to the Indiana Pacers. So, guys... Blake says that, you know, maybe he could make a return tonight versus OKC, um, but he should be back if, you know, at a minimum for the next game versus Charlotte. But how concerned are we right now with this Blake Griffin injury that even if he returns, there could be a potential lingering effect and we are, are left with some uncertainty before the playoffs? I think it's concerning because of the position, position that Detroit's in, you know, at 39 and 39. Uh, they still control their own destiny in the playoff race, but because it's so close, every game just means so much. And not having Blake out there, not having your best player out there, not having your leader out there, uh, obviously hurts Detroit. We've seen it against Indiana in the two losses when the team just didn't have a guy that could get their own bucket the way Blake can. Um, And when you don't have his presence on the court, you have to rely on Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond. And... You know, while Drummond has played okay, he started both games against Indiana pretty poorly. He had nice rebounds in the Indiana. You know, he finished the game strong, um, but he started the game poorly against Indiana. Ray Jackson hasn't played the best, and no one else on the team outside of Wayne Ellington is really hitting a shot. So this team just doesn't have their best scorer, uh, one of their best rebounders, their best passer, and that has an impact on the way the team plays. Um, it's disappointing that Detroit goes out and loses these two games to Indiana. And without Blake Griffin, it just shows that this team doesn't have enough When, when without Blake Griffin. It shows the dire need they are in of getting an upgrade this offseason, getting another good player uh, that can score for himself as a shot creator because they don't have enough of it. And with Blake's injury, it's concerning because Right now, is you're down to the wire. There's no more wiggle, wiggle room left for the Pistons, and you need your best player out there. And for him to not be in the game is tough. And you know, when he missed the Portland game, it was super unexpected. You know, he, he warmed up, and then the tip off came, and it was oh, Blake Griffin's out of the lineup. Wasn't introduced for starting lineup introductions. And then we see clips of him talking to the athletic staff, and him kind of holding his left knee. Um, so. Now it's kind of worrisome because we know Blake in, Blake Griffin's injury history. So, uh, not the greatest moment for your star player to go down and kind of disappointing with the way Detroit wasn't able to steal one from Indiana. No, it, it hurts the team. They're having their uh, leader gone. You can tell it has a huge effect on the team. Uh, and like you said, Aaron, Reggie and Andre and the crew, it's not enough to carry the Pistons when Blake's down. Um if it's going to be, you need Andre and Reggie to start hot immediately. You can't have slow starts. That's just a recipe for disaster for the Pistons without Blake Griffin. Um, it does suck. It hurts. Uh, it is worrisome with the injury that's kept him out this long. Um, but at the same time, 
everyone else that the Pistons are in contention with are losing as well. And don't get me wrong, you want to pull away. You want to take advantage of this time. But it's not like this is absolutely killing the Pistons in the moment. They still have a chance. They still control their own destiny. Their schedule really is a cakewalk outside of Oklahoma City the rest of the way. It sucks. It's worrisome. But Blake's going to rebound. He'll be back. And the Pistons are going to make that playoff push. They should. You know, just want to look back. You know, we talked about at the All-Star break how the Pistons would do in the second half of the season with, you know, a fairly easy ranked schedule. 13-9. and since the All-Star break, they've dealt with, obviously, the Blake Griffin injury, which, you know, has accounted for a couple of those losses. I think Blake's, you know, in terms of missing that Cleveland game, these two games spit out for three of the nine losses, unless if I'm forgetting one. Um, Overall, the Pistons are 1-5 and five without Blake on this season. So yeah, they just don't win without Blake. And I'm sorry to cut you off. I just want to say one other thing about the Indiana games. Another reason Detroit should have been able to at least take one from Indiana was, outside of already missing their star player in Victor Oladipo, they were missing Darren Collison and Wesley Matthews, their new starting backcourt, in both of those games. And when a team that's facing that many injuries to their best players is able to win both games, convincing I, I, I think I think we're underestimating the power of Blake's leadership here. Without him on the court, this team just doesn't seem as tough, doesn't seem as competitive. Uh, they, their whole team, there's a sense of being lost. And no one's stepping up to be that emotional guy, that leader. Hey, I will carry us through. It's not there. So, yes, I do agree the Pistons should have beaten uh, the Pacers in at least one of those games when three major players are down for the Pacers. I get it. But if anything this season has proven, when Blake Griffin goes down, the Pistons fall apart mentally. Yeah. Well, it just shows that they have a lot of weaknesses still, and it shows that Andre still has taken a very nice step, but has another step to take. It shows that Reggie, who's had himself a decent year, still has another big step to take, and that's something to account for for this Pistons team. And I think it also, you know, as as much as you want to put that on Andre and Reggie, because it should, because they're outside of Lee Griffin, they're the pillars of this team. They're the guys this team is that the franchise has built the team around. And yes, I think Andre has. Saved himself with the way he's ended games you know, after slow starts. Reggie, I think, could definitely have played better in these last few games. But you also got to look at the role players. Because outside of Wayne Ellington, who's really playing that well? Right. You know, you didn't have Luke in the first game against Indiana. He comes back in the second game. Plays pretty well. But Ish Smith has been struggling. Langston Galloway's shot has disappeared again. Glenn Robinson third was playing well and is back out of the rotation somehow. Uh, Thon Maker had a first good game against Indiana, but... Don Maker can only do so much, and when you're starting him and he has to defend Demonis Sabonis, Miles Turner, Thaddeus Young, he's just going to get beat in that in that way. He can defend the rim, but as a one-on-one defender, he just he's not strong enough to stop those kind of guys. They don't have enough help from the role players. You know, Bruce Brown's not going to get you a bucket right now. Bruce Brown isn't even looking at the basket, let it's alone tough. taking a that shot. It's so tough. Anytime he gets a kick, yeah. a pass, when he's open, it's not, even, it's not even a thought. It's not a triple threat. I'm going to pull up. Nothing. It's immediate hip all over the head. Where am I passing to next? And obviously Zaza is an automatic negative. you know, And he's still in the rotation. So outside of Reggie, Andre, Wayne, and Luke, there's really no one that's scoring the ball for them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the biggest problem. The offense sucks right now. It's yeah. atrocious. Bruce Brown's becoming that kid, like when you're playing pickup basketball, you know, in like the park or whatever, and you like that one kid just can't score, can't shoot. Hey, just don't even guard him. 
Just I mean, leave him alone. That's how he's being treated right now. Like, by opposing just teams. leave him alone. He won't shoot it. And if he does, that's exactly what we want. And this is not an indictment on Bruce Brown because he's been a fantastic player this year, coming in and starting on a playoff contending team, defending the best guard on the opposing team. Uh, you know, being as good a defender as he is, he's shown great qualities. And it doesn't have to all be together for him because he was the 42nd pick in the draft. There was no expectation for him to even be in the rotation by mm-hmm. most this year. And for him to come in and start, he's played the 16th most minutes out of rookies this season. There's something there with him. It just is hurting the Pistons that he can't score the ball. Can I offer that he's Stanley Johnson with significantly less expectations? No, because Bruce does more than Stanley in a sense where... Stanley just kind of chucks the ball up, and Bruce knows, okay, I'm not going to shoot it. I'll give you that. Fair. I'll give you that. And I think Bruce kind of shows a little bit more leadership in the sense of he's been a guy that kind of pulls Andre away or pulls Blake away when they're talking to someone so they don't get attacked or whatever. Which, by the way, saw this. Andre has 13 technicals. If he gets 16 technicals, he's suspended for a game. So I guess we're on Andre technical watch right now to end the season. Um him and Blake. But, but Bruce is Is that guy, something that ends at the end of the regular season or carries into the playoffs? Ends like, at the regular season. I think, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it used to. I, I, don't, it still, I, I don't know I'm, for sure. We should probably I mean, know. Last that, time we had to worry about to. that was like Rasheed Wallace. I know. It's been a while. I think it was. I mean, Rasheed was at a point where I think he got a 16th tech, so like yeah. he didn't. Like he had to sit out a meaningless game, so it didn't cost him a meaningful game. I'm pretty certain that. Because like, then I think it, you get like a, a refresh or you get an X amount more before. You'd be suspended again. I don't remember exactly how it went, but um, no, I'm pretty sure in the playoffs it restarts. Yeah, because once you get your 16th, isn't it? Every other technical is a uh, because Rasheed Rasheed Wallace yeah, is the last sure. guy that we, that's uh, see, that, that's the last time I had to deal with this rule. Well, that's yeah, how Westbrook didn't Westbrook get it. I'm talking about here in Detroit. Oh, okay, okay. I haven't paid. I don't pay attention to the rule yeah. outside of here in Detroit, honestly. Yeah, but overall, no, I. I, I like it, it'd be the easy comparison to say Bruce Brown and Stanley Johnson just because they can defend but can't score. But I think. I think there's just more there with Bruce. And, you know, he's not a shot chucker. I think he shows in flashes what he can do. And I think the jump shot is not good, but at least his mechanics are somewhat, you know, respectable. Stanley's jump shot, his mechanics were always off. It was a talk of his jump shot throughout his career. You know, the way his legs separate, his you know, where the jump shot comes off of his wrist, um, you know, where his elbow placement is. So I think there's more there with Bruce. And, you know, you ultimately you can't be disappointed with what he's done for where he was drafted and what his expectations were. If you're disappointed in Bruce, find a new team to be a fan of. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? This guy was the 42nd pick in the draft. He's playing, what, the 16th most minutes for a rookie? So as the 42nd pick to be playing the 16th most minutes, guarding every team's best defender every night and doing a hell of a job with it, he brings defensive stability to the Pistons. Outside of Andre Drummond. And it's what you need in that starting lineup to go along with the offense. So if you're disappointed in Bruce Brown, seriously, get out of here. Go find a new team. Well, you know, just to kind of shift back, we were talking about, you know, Blake and and him not being in the lineup. And I think something we need to point out, he's played 72 games this year. That's more than he's played maybe in the last four or five seasons. So way more, you know. I, I think something that we need to, you know, have maybe a slight concern for is if this guy, if Blake, um, seriously is hurt, which you know, Ryan and I were talking before the pod. 
slight conspiracy theory that this is just his way of getting his rest before the playoffs. But if there's a serious injury, then um, that could be really detrimental. Going if into there's the a serious injury that didn't happen while he was playing, then that's kind of an indictment on the coaching staff and the training staff. They should have handled his uh, his rest better, his load management better. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, he has played, what, 72 games this year, the most since 13-14. Yep. The dude needed some rest. The dude's body is not used to going through a full 82-game season because he always comes up to about the 60-62 game mark before he's done. That's where he maxes out at. The guy needed some rest, and I'm not mad at it. The Pistons are still mm-hmm. in the sixth seed. Hey, it sucks that the team can't win without him, but he needed his rest. You look at Blake. He played 58 games last year, 61 in 2016-17, uh, 35 in 2015-16, 67 in 2014-15. So the first time he's even crossed 70 since 2013-14. That year he played in 80 games. And, I mean, Aaron... It's one of those, I think you continue to rest Blake. I mean, you can't continue to rest him the rest of the regular season if he's good to go because you need to make the push to get in. But maybe even a situation like tonight in OKC, if Blake's not 100%, I think you got to sit him and keep him resting. Yeah, see, it's tough because it's like Detroit really doesn't have the luxury of, hey, we're going to sit our best player. But going up against Oklahoma City, even though they're three and seven in the last ten, you know they're they're struggling in their own respects. They still have two players that are better than anyone the Pistons have in Russell Westbrook and Paul George. You know, even if Blake played, it's not like that's a guarantee of a win for the Pistons. Um, and at this point, the, the last three games of the season after this one in um, Memphis and New York and Charlotte, those are all games you should win. It's almost like Blake needs to sit tonight. Get all the rest he can, and he needs to come back and win those next three games for the Pistons. Because if they win those next three, then they'll be in the playoffs. I mean, everyone else would have to win out if the Pistons win the next three to push Detroit out of the playoffs. So it's almost it, it's kind of a, a 50-50 of, well, it goes back to the Cleveland game. You know, it's kind of like that situation. Do you mm-hmm. play them or do you not play them? It's kind of a 50-50. You see both sides of it. But, you know, tonight I would not be upset if Detroit just said, hey, Blake, I know you think you're 100%. I know we think you're all right there at about 100%. But let's just rest you. Let's not put the wear and tear on you. We need you to come back these next three games, though, and go play like you did in the first half of the season when you were unstoppable, and we need to make the playoffs. That's how I think that's how it's got to be. It do, I mean, that doesn't bother me. I get it's a scary proposition with how close this race in the bottom of the East is and how poorly this team plays without Blake Griffin. I understand that. But you want to have a fully focused, fully rested, full energy Blake Griffin to go all in to win those final three games, which they absolutely should win. Charlotte, Memphis, and New York, those should be three easy wins where they even put it away within the first, you know, three quarters of the game so Blake and Dre and Reggie don't have to play the fourth quarter. Memphis is trotting out a starting lineup that this podcast could beat five on three right now. Like, that's a joke. I mean, that's a joke. (laughs) But they are not playing anybody right now. They are playing their G League guys. Nobody. The Knicks, there's no reason the Knicks, you can't blow them out. I'll play the game if we get like a little 10-day contract. There's no way this team can't, should not, 
flip it into playoff mode and put lesser teams away immediately. You can get on that train right now. Because yeah. if the Pistons can't do that, then there's no point in making the playoffs. Amen. 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 So, oh, wow. My, my devil's advocate of playing Blake tonight, if he's 100%, because if he's not 100%, it shouldn't even cross your no, mind. No, it shouldn't even cross your mind. But if he is 100%, he's had six days off. You need to try to win every game you can. Agreed. So if he's 100%, no, if he's 100%, he's 100% go. If he's 100%, he because, has to and, play. and you also have to look at the way Oklahoma City has played lately. You know, they have losses to the Grizzlies, to Dallas. Those are bad teams. You might be able to catch them. And you need every game because you want to, you want to hold on to the 6th seed. You don't want to be the 8th seed. It doesn't matter if you're the 8th seed because then you're going to get swept by Milwaukee. You at least have a chance to win a game or two against Philadelphia. You're fighting for something Toronto. here. You want to see the switch flipped. To where they're putting away lesser teams and holding on to that six and, or seven seed. And if you also want to create momentum and you want this fan base to kind of rile themselves back up, because they have gotten into it these last few weeks of the season. They've been showing up, they've been cheering, and the Pistons have kind of let them down over these last few games, right? But you want to you want to revive it, and not like a revive because I think it's kind of been revived, but just like a, a little energy boost, a little kickstart. They go out and they beat, that kickstart. They, the they go out and right. they beat Oklahoma City tonight. They beat a team that. Is in the playoffs. They have two of the best players in the league, and you go out and beat them, with or without Blake. You do it. That's how you. You just got to find a way to do this. If you're a good team, you do this. You know. See, I, I love this energy because a lot of people are saying it doesn't matter as long as you make the playoffs. It doesn't matter how they play. Yes, it does. Yes, it do you does. Really, do you really want to backpedal in? You don't. The, oh, what well, does matter? It's a right step as long as they make it in. No, it's not. At some point, you got to have some sort of expectation that the team can play well and put away lesser teams and battle against the better teams. Because not win. They're not going to win a series. But at least battle. There has to be something there that says this is the right step. Backpedaling into the playoffs and laying an egg in the first round is a dud. There was no point to it at that point. And let's be honest. The East is only going to get tougher next year. It is. If they don't make the playoffs this year, are they back in as the eighth seed? Like it's not like this sets up for a, a run in the postseason for Detroit for the next. It's season. a young Nets team that's going to take another step. That's going to be players in free agency. The Knicks have big plans, you know, going after Kevin Durant, going after Kyrie Irving. They have the chance to get you know a top pick in the draft. They have big plans. It, Washington is probably not going to tank because they still have Bradley Beal. They're still paying John Wall uh, and Orlando. They're going to be buyers if they're if they're this close to the playoffs and they right now are in the playoffs. They see how close they are. They're going to try to make a move. The East is going to get tougher. And you look at the top half. Whoever gets Zion, you know. Well, I mean, whoever gets the, Zion. You look at the top half. No one's going to fall off. Milwaukee is not falling off. Toronto is not falling off. Philadelphia is probably only getting better unless something happens in Boston where everything blows up and Kyrie leaves. That may help them. That may make him better, actually. Okay, <laughs> sh- shut up. And, and Indiana, they're going to get Victor I'm not Oladipo kidding. Back. Terry Rozier moving to that starting at some spot. Point next year for them. And maybe he doesn't come back at all, but there's a hope that he comes back next year. And they're still competitive without him. That's the thing that bothers me is Indiana goes down without Victor Oladipo, and they're still this competitive. They're, they find ways to win games. They find ways to stay in the four and five seed. Obviously, they've dropped one seed. But they're still winning ball games, and Detroit can't do that without Blake Griffin. This is only going to get tougher. This team can't just back into the eight seed and be like, "All right, well, we made the playoffs. Good job." It's you got to go and you got to do 
What I think they still can do, and I think they can still finish as a six seed. They have the schedule. Blake Griffin should be back, if not t- tonight. So then don't for take the last for the seventh seed. Okay, fine. I, if they get the I seventh know, seed, I'm not about that. that. Get do get wherever you can go. If it's the six, take it. Let's play okay. Philly. If it's if it ends up being seven, let's play Toronto. I don't care. Get in. I'm so don't be the eighth seed. Don't back into this. I'm play. I'm so not ready for Joel Embiid to just flop his way into Andre Drummond getting fouled out. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We talk about that. I thought about it. Don't get me wrong. I'm still on the I'd rather play Toronto train, but at the same time, I want to be a, the sixth seed. Like, it's, I want to be better. I want to be better. Like, the team should want to be better. But at the same time, thinking about it, Embiid hasn't faced this Andre Drummond. This Andre Drummond that's taken the next step. Mm-hmm. His The flip, the switch is flipped for him. He's in his mode. Oh, is Brennan saying something positive he, about Andre you know, Drummond? He has not. Someone clip this. Joel Embiid has not seen this Andre Drummond, who's literally running rough shot on the league, who's taking down anyone who gets in his way. Throw a double team my way. I'm gonna bury you, Andre Drummond. Joel Embiid has not seen this Andre Drummond at all. This Drummond could give Joel Embiid fits. I'm not saying he's gonna win the matchup. I'm not saying there's not gonna be a game or two where Embiid does flop his way into fouling Andre out early in the second quarter. I'm, that's a joke. But seriously, hey, there it is. Brennan is doing victory laps right Vic- now here. Shots? Celebrating um, Andre Drummond as Ryan talks about him. This is crazy. Joel Embiid has not seen this Andre Drummond. So if it does happen to be Pistons Sixers, I think. Don't get me wrong. The wings, the wing matchup terrifies me because we're six foot two on the wings compared to seven foot four on the wings for Philly. But I'm telling you. Andre will have a better, will play a better game, and it will be a better matchup than we think. I'm going to buy in on Andre Drummond. I'm here for that. Let's do it. I think this pod, Aaron, where are you at? Are you going to buy in on this? He has not seen this Andre Drummond. Crack up he the Crown Royal. Come on, man. I, I watched, I watched, I watched, I rewatched because I didn't watch it last night, but I rewatched the Philadelphia Milwaukee game from last night. And I, I watched the way Joel plays with his fake tough guy act and how he just. Yell, you know, complaints arrest throughout the entire game about every post up he gets, and it's just like I, I know Andre has taken that step, and I'm sure it would be a more competitive matchup. But Toronto's still a better matchup for Detroit, in my opinion. There's no doubt that Toronto's a better matchup. Well, of course, you're going up against the best center in the league. Embiid is the best center in the league compared to Marcus Ault. It's a better matchup for Andre Drummond. And then when you look at the wings on the length that they have in Philly, of course, it's not at the Toronto doesn't compare. It is a better matchup. I agree. But what did I say a few weeks ago? This team will go as Andre Drummond goes against his matchup. Sure, Blake's going to do his thing, and Blake's going to carry the team as much as he can. But it's imperative that Andre Drummond has a good series and plays well. And you can, of course, it's anyone in the league. There's a better chance they'll do it Here's against Clark Gasol than Embiid. Do you think? Do you think that Kawhi would guard Blake in the playoffs? No, Siak- they, no, Siakam, they trust Siakam. Siakam, they trust Siakam. I, yeah, I agree. I, think I, they just, trust Siakam. I just wanted to put that out there. I think they Siakam, trust Siakam. I think because Detroit's, and I think and Detroit's undersized, they wouldn't want to put Siakam on somebody smaller. So that would make sense. But just wanted to throw that out there. Of, if they put Kawhi on Blake, which I still could see them doing in some small lineups, does that change your opinion? No, because... No. I, there's just... The wings on... Philadelphia, and Philadelphia having Joel Embiid makes it just a much worse matchup. No, I'm going to stand up for my boy right now. Yes, Kawhi Leonard's a damn good defender, but Blake Griffin's Blake Griffin. Blake isn't a bitch, okay? Blake can play some ball. 
Blake's an offensive threat. This dude is no bitch, alright? Yeah, Kawhi might get the better of him on some matchups, but Blake's going to get the better of him too on some of those matchups. So here's a question, and this isn't for you, this is for Aaron, because you've stood up for Dre today. You stood up for Dre. Wait, oh are my you God. saying Dre's a bitch? He I'm, can't go against them. I'm getting. I'm just asking the question. I'm are getting blamed, hey, dude. Are you this saying the same thing that Dre happened to me on Twitter? Is a bitch. I tweeted out in the first half against the first game against Indiana that Andre Drummond wasn't playing well, and then he had a great second half, and people were coming at me like I was hating on Andre Drummond. Like, no, I was just pointing out the fact that he played awful in the first half. And they, you know, try to paint me as some Drummond hater, like a bunch of losers, to get retweets on Twitter because that's what they do with Dude, their put life. Put that Twitter flex, eh, baby. I mean, put they, that Twitter flex. They, no, they I saw- flex on Twitter, like, hey, I, you're stupid. Andre Drummond's amazing. Like, yeah, Andre Drummond is amazing, but you can also say he didn't have a good first half, just like you can about any other player in the league. It, uh, it's the Andre Twitter stands, bro. You cannot say anything negative to them, or they literally will piss. Their pants. I couldn't believe they it. They can't handle it. Like, uh, Twitter is so toxic. It's Andre, so toxic. It's, Twitter I stands, want retweets. You, Everyone look at me dunk on this guy online. Andre could go 0 for 12 and grab two rebounds and have four fouls in the first half. And they're like, what are you talking about? He's the best center in the league. He's a superstar. He's going to have his number retired. He's going to be the whole thing. You cannot tell an Andre Twitter stand anything. So, I mean, you can't even worry about it. I know. I saw the exchanges. Trust me. It was ridiculous. But you can't, like I said, and I'm going to keep saying it, you cannot tell an Andre Twitter stand Mm -hmm. anything. This is why you dropped three seed in the the Twitter, NBA Twitter bracket, because you you threw that shade. You were a two seed locked in. You threw the Dre shade, you dropped. Well, I mean, seriously. Seriously, it causes mental breakdown. I literally have to think about it anytime I say Andre Drummond in a tweet, because I know, like... Everyone's going to lose their mind if I say anything that's not Andre Drummond's the best player on the floor every night. You if know? You, I know, if you don't say that, there is a faction of people who will lose their mind and come after you trying to get you off Twitter. It's outrageous. Yeah, report that tweet. Get report him out it, of here. Report it. Suspend his account. Like, I literally have been... like I have been on the bandwagon for Andre Drummond since he was drafted by the Pistons. I remember arguing with Brendan four or five years and ago. And Brendan was right when that Andre Drummond was a Aaron. franchise center. Hold on. And Brendan was right when he argued with Aaron that Andre could never be a back-to-the-basket guy. You could never run your offense through him. Aaron defended that. I told you you couldn't do it. And finally, Aaron's come to realization. Because I remember that. Okay, side point from Brendan's bullshit. Uh, Brendan, have we noticed? Hey, you just turned into NBA Twitter. I throw a fact out there, he calls it bullshit. Have we noticed from Andre posting up now that when he does take a hook, like it actually goes in? He's like developed in a, limited, in a limited role, like in a limited in a, usage. Yes, he's scoring a lot more efficiently out of post than he ever has before. I know, and that's something I've been noticing in the last few weeks. It's no longer oh Andre's backing him down the post shit. It's oh Andre's backing him down, and he just made a nice hook. That's like a, a side piece of how Drummond's game has evolved in general and overall over the years that I've really, really enjoyed. And to go back to the original question of am I a Dr- Andre Drummond hater or whatever? Again, I think what Ryan said is right. Joel Embiid hasn't seen this version of Andre Drummond. But at the same time, Joel Embiid is still a better player. And he, the, the history of the matchup just doesn't bode well for Drummond. And when I look at the way the Raptors could fa- match up with Drummond, and I look at the way that Drummond has dominated the Raptors when they've played, I have to say that I'd still rather see Toronto. 
well, let's just make the playoffs in general. Like, let's get a yeah. That, seven I think that's the overall consensus. Because we just were picking a few weeks ago, and then Blake went down, and the Pistons lost some winnable games, and here we are. You know, now now we're wondering if the Pistons are gonna make the playoffs at all. Well, you look at the Eastern Conference standings. The Pistons are thirty nine and thirty nine. Brooklyn's thirty nine and forty. Uh, Orlando is thirty nine and forty, and then Miami is thirty eight. In forty, and they all play. Or everyone except for Brooklyn plays tonight. So tonight's a bay. Uh, you know, it's going to mean something outside of Detroit because Miami plays. Miami and Orlando play. Orlando, it will take on. Well, hold on. I got to look at the schedule here because my phone likes to mess with me. Miami plays Minnesota, and Minnesota's playing no one. Mm-hmm. I think I think Carl Anthony Towns is out the rest of the year, and I know Derrick Rose is, and uh, I, I they're. They're not playing anymore. I hope Aaron gets cut off from like the rest of the world tonight, so that way when he has a heart attack because the Pistons lose and everybody else wins, he doesn't like you know just go absolute ape on everybody. And then Orlando's got I'm gonna ignore Brendan again, uh, or because and Orlando's got an Atlanta team. He's in over talking about their easy schedules tonight. Five and He's five like, oh, I'm not gonna even 10. listen to that. You know, Atlanta's five and five in the last ten. You know, they they, they beat the Sixers recently. Trey Money. Um, you know, so that's a that they, and they've beaten the Bucks. So that's a you know that's a team that they're legit playoff contender. Well, they also beat the Bucks, who were playing <laughs> with no one. But uh, playoff contender, you know, they're a little bit more competitive too. So well, you're really ro- rooting for Orlando to lose because I'm gonna play it out for everyone right now. Here's how the playoff breakdown works. Uh, Pistons don't have any of the tiebreakers except for Orlando. But right now, if Orlando wins uh, the division title over the Miami Heat, Detroit would be out of the playoffs if. They finish with the same record as Miami because Miami has the um, the tiebreaker over Detroit. The tiebreaker over Detroit because of the record. Brennan, get out of here. Don't sit here get and say here. Detroit will miss the playoffs. I'm not saying. I'm saying how they could miss the playoffs. I'm not saying Crickets. they will. But Detroit doesn't have the tiebreaker to Brooklyn. Look at Aaron being negative and me being positive. I'm not. All right, next segment. <laughs> next segment. I'm done. Go breakdown for Jesus. Next segment. Jesus. Stop it. There's, there's just there's a possibility that Detroit missed the playoffs. I'm just oh trying to lay God, it out for everyone. Oh, my God, don't say that. All right, all right. You can go there. All right, let's let Aaron break it down. I do want the breakdowns. Break it down, Aaron. Okay, so Detroit doesn't have the tiebreaker against Brooklyn or Miami. They have it against Orlando. But if they finish with the same record as Miami and Orlando, then they would miss the playoffs because if Orlando wins the division title, they are an automatic in. Mm-hmm. And the Heat have the tiebreaker, and the and Brooklyn has a tiebreaker. Now that's how Detroit misses the playoffs. So Detroit controls road destiny because they play one more game than all three of the other teams. So they they they, they do control their own destiny, everyone. But there is a way that they miss the playoffs. Well, they play the same amount of games as Miami, because Miami's played one less game. Wow, am I wrong? Yeah. That doesn't happen often. Miami has Miami's thirty-eight and forty. Oh, so they've both played seventy-eight games. Oh, sorry, everyone. Wow, Aaron, I I take the time to shut Brendan up He's, so yeah. you can give your breakdown and you give us the breakdown wrong. Ryan, I will never do that again. Ryan gave me that indirect. Yo, Brendan, shut the f up. Let him talk. And I'm like, okay, I'll back off. And then he's wrong. He's wrong. Let me do one other thing. Let me do one other thing. Fix it. Please. (laughs) Let me just go over the schedules for everyone, okay? So Detroit has OKC, Charlotte, Memphis, and New York to end the season. The Heat, they have the Timberwolves, the Raptors, the Sixers, and the Nets. Orlando has Atlanta, 
then they have the Celtics, and then they have the Hornets, and then Brooklyn. They have probably the toughest schedule. They go Raptors, or excuse me, they go Bucks, Pacers, Heat to end the season. So that that night, that last night of the season, when Detroit's wrapping up against New York, and the and the Nets are taking on uh, the Heat, that's that could be the night where it just kind of decides the fate of mm-hmm. everyone. Um, Seriously, it, it really could go all the way down to the wire. But that's the schedule breakdown. What um, night is that? April 10th. Wednesday, April 10th. Oh, okay. Wow, this Wednesday. So we, we having a watch party or something? We may be. I mean, it's kind of important. We may be. We'll have to do we- So this is the last pod of the regular season. Uh, Yeah, well, yeah. It'll be the last pod, and, you know, next week where we got some special well, no. planned. Next week we got a little something special planned for the maybe. podcast. Maybe, maybe. No, no, we do. I, I know. I, so I, I, don't, listen, don't say maybe. I, I just <laughs> no, it's definitely happening. <laughs> uh, we got a little something special. Planned. I'm just saying, it may, maybe or may not be special. Meaning, you may, may or not be here. I don't know. Oh, okay. No, that's nice. No, I, I didn't know I was getting kicked R- off R- the R- podcast that I started. But Ryan, uh, Ryan and I might just be taking over this one. Oh, okay. Right. I'm putting a couple calls. That's what they wanted. Yeah. Well, Quest. We'll finish it out. Well, yeah, right, don't mean, worry about it. It's okay. All right, and I understand. I mean, I should get kicked off the show that I created. I think that's natural. Amen. Especially when I do all the, the pre-production and the post-production. But work. yes, we do have a very special thing possibly yeah, happening. Don't reveal anything too much, but it's 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 It'll special. be a special podcast. You know, we're hoping to we're hoping to make it a, a good one. Hopefully the Pistons are, are playing in the playoffs the next day. Uh after the pod drops, but Yeah, it'd be a rough pod if they weren't playing in the playoffs right. the next day, let me tell you. So ya. uh you know, but yeah, let's let's uh Wednesday, let's let's get a little watch party going. You know, Watch the Pistons game. Keep your eye on the schedule. Rest of the schedule, unless, unless, you know, the Pistons are have lost their last. Hopefully, two we're games fresh off the Michigan game. State national championship. Yeah, no. Um, Talk about some great basketball. Just on a side note, that the NCAA tournament has been fantastic. Yeah, I know Ryan's sitting here like, screw that. No, it hasn't. You want my teams are out, but it has been fantastic. You want. You want you, and uh, hold up. I'm gonna get Ryan here because usually people like to. I, I usually like to direct haters to Brendan, but I know I know people on Twitter will have a, a circus with this. Ryan is a full blown dookie. He loves Duke. So if you want to hate on Ryan, because I know everyone hates Duke, hate on Ryan. Um, He's gonna laugh at all you when Zion comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, Cam Reddish may need to come back because that dude is. Not good, and I cannot believe he where he was in projections. I wow, I remember. I mean, when Duke runs a lineup of Cam Reddish, Zion, and Vernon Carey next year on the floor, he'll be the one laughing. I will be the one laughing at everyone. <laughs> no, but for real, quick side note to all that. I'm I'm kind. I think I'm kind of done with the one and done attitude of this program. I'm ready to move. I mean, don't get me wrong. You want to bring in a star or two? I get it, but when you bring in three and four one and dones a year, that leads to having no depth. Mm-hmm. And that's how you saw that team go down this year. Is no depth. If they didn't, if they weren't getting production out of one, two, and three, it wasn't coming from anywhere. Hey, hey, so hey. Trey Jones or Cassius Winston? Well, in the college game, Cassius. Right. I overall. think he proved it overall. In the NBA, yeah, probably Trey. Me, yep, I agree. Okay. Oh, one other funny point. You want to know how much the NCAA tournament matters? Cassius Winston wasn't on in the in the top sixty in any mocks. He was say, I think I saw one mock where he was like. Uh, on a big board, he was in the 90s. In this person's mock, he jumped all the way to 55. That's how much the NCAA tournament matters. Yeah, no, the oh, tournament matters big By time. the way, I think Cassius is an NBA player. I didn't think it was going to be this year. I thought he was going to wait till next year. He still probably will wait till next year unless he, you know, 
goes off in the, in the last few games. I think if they, the it, what would have to happen is they win a national championship, he dr- jumps into a potential late first round situation, and all of a sudden he starts considering it. I don't think Cassius is ever going to be considered a first round prospect. I that's not, I'm not, that's not so me either. not. I don't either. It's, it's, it's the same that's, thing as, as he went Carson to my Edwards. rival high school and the rival of the team I root for. It's, it's the same but thing. Yeah, we, we've we've lots of places since he was 13. I've, yeah, I've, I've seen know? the kids since he was 13. It's not me hating on him. I just. You I, don't see you don't see five eleven six foot guys drafted in the first round. Carson that are, Edwards that is don't having fly, a tough time getting fly. into the first round. I mean, he may get in after the amazing tournament he had, but before the tournament, he wasn't in any first round draft uh, draft mocks. You go back to um, Frank Mason last year or the year before. He might be a second year player now, but he was a really good college player. Mm-hmm. But because he was only five eleven six foot, just wasn't able to be taken in the first round. Those smaller guards just have too tough of a time. And I'm not trying to pander to Brendan. I would never never do that to never, myself ever. But Man, has Michigan State been impressive in the tournament? It's just, hey, it's just a team that's bought into what Tom Izzo's selling. It's a great and college when, basketball. And when you buy into what your coach is selling and you have a point guard playing at an all-time elite college level, it just takes it to the next step. And if I'm Xavier Tillman, how am I not? Oh, he's been awesome. How am I not testing the NBA waters this offseason? Yeah. It's reminds me of I'm know, not saying no he's leaving, but how do, you, how do you not do what Nick Ward did last yeah. year? You how go, do you not you test it? It more so reminds on. me of Mitch McGarry. You know, McGarry had that great play in the tournament. He ended up coming back, but he tested the water, saw what was out there, saw that he had some interest, but then had to go back. And I think that's what's going to happen with Avery Tillman just because he's only had such, you know, it's not like where McGarry Tillman was Tillman doesn't have a jump shot developed enough to be able to be 6'8 and survive in the league. Right. No, exactly. And, but, I mean, he's got that He's got that Draymond without being as much of an asshole. asshole. <laughs> he's wow. got that Draymond feel to him, does he not? So Michigan State plays Texas Tech, correct? Mm-hmm. That's going to be a hell of a game. I, Two defensive teams. I'm really interested to see how Jared Culver listen, plays against. I said the same thing before the LSU game. Why do I think that Michigan State's going to win this game by 50? No, points? no. See, Texas Tech is a completely different team. They are playing very good basketball. They right are. Now. The difference. Jared Culver is an absolute star. He's probably the, the sure, third best, second, third best prospect coming in this draft. I still have him behind John Morant. Some people have jumped him past John Morant and right behind Zion. I think he's third on the list, but I mean he's got great size on the wing. He can shoot the ball, can score, can defend. That's going to be a guy that I'm not sure anyone on Michigan State can really stop. I know Matt McQuaid's a respectable defender. Uh, you know, I know Aaron Henry. I'm not a big Aaron Henry fan. Uh, I don't think he's you know all too well, but he's had a couple decent games in the tournament. Uh, but I think they're going to have some real problems stopping him, and uh, I think Texas Tech could spell some trouble for Cassius Winston. The problem with LSU. Comparison, comparison uh, with Texas Tech is LSU isn't really a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disciplined team. No. Texas Tech, they know what they're doing. They're very disciplined. Even if it looks unorganized at times, they know why it's unorganized and what they're doing on defense and how they're playing. So I get what you're saying I, with the whole. It's, I, it's why do I feel this way? And I'm not I even comparing that. the matchups. I'm just saying I just had you the same feeling. feeling I get it. LSU, but it's a totally different animal. Now with the, how well with how disciplined Texas Tech is. So what are we predicting? We think Michigan State's going to win. Yes. Yeah. Shit, I don't know, man. I I really think it's listen. It's I need Michigan State to win. I'd finish in the top three in my bracket. You know challenge. Here's what I'll do. Because you said something nice about Andre Drummond today. I'll say Michigan State's going to win. Now, what do, we think about the, what do we think about the other game? We think Auburn keeps riding that hot streak. Oh, or does, uh, the thing is, Virginia. at what point does it die out without Okiki? Yeah. Okiki tearing his ACL was huge. I mean, he's their best player. 
So, Those... at what point does that wave die? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Auburn is shooting lights out, dude. They are just getting up and down the court as fast as they can. Launching, launching, launching. Bang, bang, bang. Hitting. But does is Virginia able to slow them down? Virginia is so methodical in how they play. Mm-hmm. That Tony Bennett style is so slow and just wears you down and just takes you out of games. Are they able to do that to this team? It'll be interesting because Auburn will face two teams that do it the same way. Yep. Michigan State will slow you down. Michigan State will be a little more physical with you, I think, than Virginia will be. But it's a similar approach to really slow you down. Use 25, 26 seconds of a shot clock. You know, work for the right shot. Um, I don't know. I actually like Auburn to beat Virginia in this one. I, see, the, th- the thing is with me is, I want to make a couple points here. First off, how is Auburn not a better team in the way they're playing right now, how are they not? You know, how do they not finish with like a, a two or three seed with you know Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, and Okeke? I mean, teams teams ride those, waves, bro. Those guards for them are insane. The col- in the college basketball mm-hmm. world, it's so much different than the NBA. It really is. Teams ride waves, dude. This team has found such a just a hot streak. They've they've really meshed into the SEC tournament and into the NCAA tournament. And you can ride that wave mm-hmm. in these tournaments. I'm, hope, I'm hoping for one other thing. I hope Auburn wins because the way I'm reading it, the Andre Hunter's draft stock for Virginia is going down. And if he wants to slide to the point where he's available for Detroit in the draft, I would be in absolute love with it because I think he's going to be a very good player. DeAndre Hunter's a guy I was saying when Detroit, you know, we were talking about Detroit being a lottery team. I was talking about, oh, if they get to 10 and they can get Hunter, I'd be really happy. If his draft stock continues to drop the way it appears it is because he's kind of getting showing that he's not a shot creator, can't create his own basket. Yeah, he's a good defender, but is his jump shot that reliable? If his draft shot continues to drop and they fall out of the tournament and he doesn't play well, just keeps dropping. You know, you know how guys jump up. Well, guys can jump down because of March Madness. And if he's there for Detroit because of his poor performance in, in the tournament, I'd be extremely happy. Did you just make the case against him though? I did. Yeah, really. I only made the you case. You just turned me off. Did I'm you like, just turn me off to DeAndre Hunter? No, because this is a fluke. This is a fluke. Guys, just like guys go off in a tournament, guys can struggle in a tournament. Maybe DeAndre Hunter's not a shot creator, and I've never really expected him to be. Uh, but Detroit needs size on the wing. He has that. He's athletic. He's long. He can shoot on relatively. He doesn't shoot a lot of three-pointers, but on you know a few attempts per game, he's shown you know, he can hit 38%. If he wants to drop, I'm, I'm all for it. And I really... Really like Jared Harper and Bryce Brown on Auburn. I, like watching them is just so fun. The way that they can score, that Harper's speed is such a problem for everyone. I mean, even I made buckets. He is up the court with 28 seconds still left on the shot clock, and as he's putting the layup up, his speed is a problem. Yeah. That being said, I think Virginia is going to win this ball game. I think they're you know they're just too much talent, too much talent on that team. I think they're on a revenge tour from. Falling to the 16 seed last year, uh, and and they're playing good basketball right now. I mean, you know, you have a couple NBA guys in in DeAndre Hunter and Ty Jerome. Kyle Guy's another you know just knockdown shooter that knows how to play the game, and Tony Bennett knows what he's doing. I mean, I think I think that team is going to be able to capitalize on Okiki being out, and I I'm not, I'm not sure that Auburn's going to be able to continue to ride that magic. Riding waves is a big thing in college basketball. You can't say it really for the NBA, but in college basketball you can go for it. Another thing you can say is team of destiny. And I feel like we've kind of got two of them going in this tournament in Michigan State and Auburn. Two teams that just bought in, 
meshed at the right time, found fire at the right time, and are just taking teams down, mowing teams down, whoever's in their path. So I think we're going to see Michigan State-Auburn. It has the feel of two teams that deserve to win it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take Auburn in that Virginia game. I don't know what I would say right now for the national championship. It's a tough my, pick. My, my my brain is telling me Michigan State. My heart would tell me Auburn. Mm-hmm. So, but I'd have to marinate on that. And my brain and my heart could change each other's minds. So, but that's where I'm at. I think you're seeing. Auburn so we're State. both looking at Michigan State, Auburn. You've got Virginia, Michigan State, Virginia in the game. Yeah, correct. So. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. An interesting. It'll be a good weekend. I didn't know we were going to take this college basketball. Turn, I'm all for it, but I'm not mad at it. Yes, yeah, I like. I love college basketball, so I'm not mad at this. I like this turn. Well, it'll be an int- a fun weekend for college basketball. Then we get into the Ill- really interesting week for NBA basketball as well as obviously we'll know by Wednesday night where everybody sits going into the NBA playoffs and. Uh, exactly where our Detroit Pistons stand, who they'll play, all that good stuff. So um, we look forward to podcasting again next week, breaking that matchup down again. It's a special podcast next week. That's all we're going to tell you. But you're not going to want to miss it. I guarantee you're not going to want to miss it. Big things happening here at the Palace of Pistons. So uh, before you go, like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Palace of Pistons, Aaron at A. Johnson NBA. Ryan at Ryan Pay, myself at Media Brendan. It's at Palace Pistons on Instagram. Palace Pistons is also on Facebook. Give a Facebook page a like, a share, let your friends know about it as well. So big things happening here. Hopefully big things happening for the Pistons as well as they try to hold on to that number six seed in the Eastern Conference. And with that being said, we'll see you next week here on the Palace Pistons Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.